everyone. Welcome back to our podcast, No More Secrets. I'm your aunt, Mary Albrecht. And I'm your niece, Katie Albrecht. As you know from all of the episodes that you've listened to so far, we are the authors of Broken Neck, Finding the Family You Never Knew You Always Wanted, available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. We're using this book about Katie's father and my brother as a launching pad to this podcast, which becomes a tool for us to discuss more issues on mental health. Today, we are going to talk tackle, excuse me, the difficult topic. Try to tackle. I mean, you know, tackle. (laughs) (laughs) The difficult topic of addiction. Um, It's a very, very big, you know, subject. Like there's just so much to say about it. And we definitely will have different aspects of it on future episodes. But for today, we're going to just talk about really what addiction means to us, to me and Katie and our family. So I'm going to start by just asking you, Katie, what do you think of when you hear the word addiction? It's That's such an interesting question because there's definitely a lot of layers to it, as you were, you were saying. Um, but when I really think about addiction, um, I think what it means is it's just, it comes down to the thing that you know you shouldn't do, but find yourself doing it anyway over and over and over again. And it's not always substance abuse, which I know is a very common form of addiction, but I think there's plenty of other kinds of addictions out there as well. Um, For instance, you can get addicted to technology, get addicted to food. For me uh, personally, and I know this is common for my generation and also maybe even younger generations, I think we're all addicted to phones. Um, I big time <laughs> from what I can tell. <laughs> it's kind of a, a a weird phenomenon. I mean, you have a, a full computer in in the palm of your hand. You can do virtually anything on it. It's hard not to have yourself be glued to something like that. And for for me, going back to being a thing that you you know you shouldn't do. Um, my, I can tell when I'm on the phone too long or like just scrolling through various sites. So Instagram, Facebook, um, or even playing, you know, stupid connecting dot games because <laughs> that's my personal preference. I know that it, it, it hits a point where I've, I'm doing it too long because my eyes will start to strain and um, I even get a little bit of symptoms of carpal tunnel where my hands are kind of clawed and they, you know are hard to straighten out afterwards. Oh my gosh. They're hard to straighten out? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. And I when I sleep I try to, you know, straighten them and make sure that they're not clawed. But in general I look at myself in pictures and I see that when they're just relaxed they have a general uh, clawed state of being. <laughs> well they they talked about on Good Morning America a couple of times, um, Dr. Jen Ashton is um, their their doctor that they bring on regularly, and she said that there's now studies that the human spine is starting to form with sort of an extra bump on it because of the head leaning forward to look at the computer or look at your phone, and it's mm. actually starting to become genetically the the norm for a baby to be born with that extra bump at this point. I believe it. And so I, I think we're that's kind of the same thing like maybe at some point our hands are going to be all like you know closed up like um you know 
like they're on a phone, <laughs> like they're born, holding. Yeah, born with a phone in their hands. <laughs> or born with a phone. It seems like it. Oh, my gosh, it's getting to that point. But, but yeah, um, I mean, it's it's crazy how these things are happening, but we find it hard to, like, put the phone down anyway, you know? And then you even suffer consequences later. Like, you, you feel uncomfortable at the time, but then I know you've been coming to my fitness studio to get massages of your, because of your carpal tunnel. So, oh, yeah. like, you even have pain later on when you're not using the phone, but yet you still go back to it. Yeah. And that's, to me, addiction when it harms you, and you know it harms you, but you keep going back to it. Keep doing it anyway. And so that's obviously more difference. uh, That's, it's different than just like substance abuse, but that's similar effect as well. But I'm also wondering, since this is like a a newer thing, phones and technology um, of this sort weren't around when you were um, growing up, did you notice any other sort of addiction that was common in your generation? Well, mostly cigarettes. Hmm alcohol and a little bit of drugs you know not (laughs) sex drugs and rock and roll i mean that's all we had if you think (laughs) about it right you couldn't okay so here's how the world's changed um you couldn't we had three channels you know cbs abc and nbc okay that's what we had three channels and you had to wait every week for the new episode to come on so you couldn't get addicted to a show and you couldn't binge watch a show like you had to wait for a whole week and then you had to wait through the commercials there was no recording there was no anything like that so you couldn't be really addicted to tv you couldn't be addicted to anything on the computer because it didn't exist we didn't have cell phones Hmm. um i suppose you could be addicted to some kind of activity maybe running or whatever but it wasn't anything like what technology does to people yeah um the substances were really the and and, and that's interesting that we that we t- touch on this because i've been doing some reading about the actual clinical definition of addiction and it's morphing from um what used to be only substances to these other things that you talk about. And I think it's because it's generational. Um, they, Definitely. They're trying to change some of the manuals that describe addiction to include more than, um, <clears throat> you know, just alcohol and drugs. And, and I guess they include gambling, but they don't include technology, but they're trying to because it's happening. Well, I think it's funny that you said that there's only – there was only three channels on TV back then <laughs> because now we have like, you know, hundreds of channels, but also, you know, way more than three streaming services of all things. So where these like that binge watching that you were talking about, you can do it on virtually any platform now and just and just stream all sorts of episodes like over and over again. And they and they create these like interesting storylines that almost make you addicted to it. Like they they do cliffhangers and all that stuff that makes you want to keep watching and not stop. So is that a psychological addiction then versus a physical addiction because they're messing with your mental, um, you know, interest, basically? You know, I don't think you're physically addicted to watching the show, are you? I don't think I get withdrawals from watching, (laughs) you know, from watching Game of Thrones or whatever. Right. So there's the difference between physical and psychological, but they're both addictions because you're doing them even though you know 
they're not good for you, like perhaps you should be doing something else. You should be paying bills or maybe you Mm -hmm. should be going to work and you're not (laughs) (laughs) or something, you know, like you're staying home to, you know, to watch a show. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's definitely in the mind for sure. But I, I mean, there's some uh, forms of addictions that are physical. I mean, you mentioned cigarettes. Um, this is actually kind of interesting. So when I was over in Europe this past year, um, they're, they smoke a lot over there, especially in France, um, where we spent most of our time. And we would go into, you know, convenience stores and gas stations and see cigarettes displayed all behind the front counter, like, you know, how they are in America. But on these these cigarette boxes, instead of just being like, you know, a Marlboro or what I don't even know cigarette brands, <laughs> right? <honestly. laughs> just their but logo or whatever. Yeah. Instead of having that, they have pictures of like the damages this product does to your your lungs and other like body parts. It shows like the decay of it. But yet, despite all those um, all all of those pictures on there of like really graphic stuff of like your lungs falling apart, um, people still buy them, and people are pro- are I think in that situation physically um, addicted to it. They must be. They must the. The negative consequences of not smoking must be worse than the negative consequences of smoking, for instance, the withdrawals or the cravings or whatever. Um, That's what I've heard from people that smoke is that you just you want to quit so bad, you know, it's bad for you. In Europe, they have pictures on the boxes showing how bad they are, but they can't stop it anyway. I'm curious. um, That was last fall, so about a year ago that you went Mm -hmm. there. Do they have the same laws where you can't smoke in public places anymore and you need to be like 10 feet away from a restaurant? Or can you smoke in a restaurant still in Paris, in France, in Europe or whatever? You can definitely still smoke in a restaurant. I remember having smoke (laughs) come in our our faces as we were eating meals out in Paris. Okay, so. so they haven't caught up that way at all. No, there might be some locations that maybe we missed, but from what we saw, there was a lot of smoking in buildings and and stuff like that. I've heard the argument that their cigarettes are cleaner, but given that it's advertised on the boxes that they're not, I think that's questionable. That's interesting as well. And speaking of cleaner, I think that manufacturers are making foods differently these days to be more addictive um, yeah. yeah, there, there's something, I mean, I don't know if it's an additive or what, but there's certain things like, especially in potato chips or salty items uh, or processed foods that, you, that once you start, you, you really can't stop and you never get satiated. Like, even if it's something that's supposed to be healthy, quote unquote, you mm-hmm. never get satiated. So to me, there's something like, I think the potato chips of, couple generations ago, if they existed, are different than now. You know, there, there's something going on with, mm. and maybe like you said, the cigarettes are different now than um, they were back then for us and also maybe different than what they are in Europe. But it's definitely different in from generation to generation. I can see that, especially with such a mass production. They need to do something to get people to keep buying the products, I guess. Which is sad. <laughs> I, I wonder what the lung cancer rate is in, in France. 
We'll have to look that up at some point. And you know, I actually don't know. Yeah, I, just, I, I just thought of that now. You know, like I wonder, are there any negative ramifications except for what's on the box of cigarettes or are people literally <laughs> displayed on the product? Don't buy this, but hey, they buy it anyway, right? Yeah. And so, and also, they are fairly healthy over there in general with food and oh, exercise yeah. and weight and everything. So there's balance. I think everyone knows that America is more overweight than other countries. <laughs> a little bit more. A little bit more. Addicted. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I I don't know about that for sure, but I, there's a common theme that American food is a little bit more um, fatty, sugary, and additives, right? Yeah. Additives yeah. that are addictive. And again, going back to some of the research that I've been doing on this topic, and I'm not claiming at all to be an expert or any kind of therapist. Katie and I are just learning about mental health slash mental illness as we go, but. They, the sites that I'm reading on in general talk about there's a specific area of the brain that's like the reward center of the brain, the feel-good center. And all addictions allow that or they increase the, the neural pathways, the circuitry in that section of the brain. They've, they've proven that. So that's an interesting phenomenon to me because a substance can definitely change the circuitry of your brain but mm-hmm. so can watching a show that you really like you yeah. know you get happy and you get endorphins and you get you know interested and emotional and all of that so what they're what from what i understand and maybe again we're going to have experts on in in season two but um you know i i guess i really want to understand um you know how it's changing the nature of addiction is changing because um, there's so much more to get addicted to. There's so much more. And and if that's the bottom line, that it changes the circuitry of your brain to the point where the reward center is so um, um, so rewarded, <laughs> the reward center is rewarded, is so fed, that you can't, you want to keep going. Um, and to me, that's a, that's a really interesting way to, to think about addiction because... Um, maybe it's something that triggers in our brain and we really, it's hard for us to, to draw away from it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I am interested to bring up our personal experience in our family with addiction because maybe you listeners have figured out or the readers of our book, Broken Neck, have <laughs> realized that when Katie and I first got to know each other, she really thought that her dad's problem was addiction only. I mean, he definitely had a problem with addiction, but there was this thought in in your nucleus, I think, Katie, and maybe your siblings, you know, too, that if your dad would give up drinking, for instance, he would be better. Mm-hmm. Or he would, if he would give up opioids, then he would be better. And I think it shocked you when you realized that he was disturbed and and mentally ill long before any kind of addictive behavior i mean if he was born with it you can't be born an addict well i guess you can if you're if your mom is but meaning you don't go after the addiction because you're a baby you can't right you know and so i would like to discuss the difference between somebody who's born mentally ill and then turns to addiction as a way to um, maybe maybe help aspects of their mental illness or self-medicate. And then there's other people that um, 
that just are perfectly balanced until they run into that one substance that changes them, you know. And so right. I don't know if you have any. Um, well, yeah, I, with with my dad, I know that, like you said, I thought he was just an alcoholic and the problem stemmed from when he was drinking. Because maybe, I mean, we just spent all of last episode talking about, like, the good qualities. I can guarantee that those good qualities that he had were when he was sober, you know? Right. So it, that's kind of where our mind was going with that. Um, also, in the 90s and, you know, earlier from what I've read up on, um, alcoholism was very common. Um, and people didn't know as much about mental illness. And I don't think it was talked about as much. Um, definitely not. And right. still isn't as, you know, as much as we would like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It just, it wasn't really even a concept and, but alcoholism was, and I think because I grew up in the nineties, um, we saw the problem as alcohol. Do you think it was also because you were in a small area, you know, outside of Milwaukee and Wisconsin? There's a lot of bars there. I feel like alcohol intake the is... The most per capita or something like that? Yeah, yeah, it's thought of differently up there, right? People that drink, you know, daily or whatever, it's thought of differently. Yeah, I actually remember... Um, so I remember hearing a story that my that grandma, so your mom, Mary, um, introduced my dad to alcohol when he was 13 um because that's what had was common in her family we from northern wisconsin from the northern wisconsin they would just drink with them and that was kind of like their introduction if they did it safe in theory that should work um but i remember being so mad at grandma for introducing her because i thought that she was the one that that brought on this like monster that came from my dad yeah and and, and it's, it's just the culture and it probably did bring it on and if it wasn't that it probably was going to be something else but their culture yeah my mom talks about going to bars when she was 12 with her dad and just sitting sitting there and oh would Betty like a sip you know she's 12 and she's sitting on a bar stool on a school night having sips of beer you know different culture and I think it went all the way into South Milwaukee where you grew up oh yeah there was bars on every like three blocks or so so yeah so it was just it definitely is there's a cultural aspect to it but ultimately your dad had so many problems long before alcohol long 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 before alcohol which i learned as like, <laughs> um as the years went on but yeah when i was younger we thought um <clears throat> there's my throat again right both of us <laughs> um we thought that it was the alcohol robbing us of those happy moments so the way I think of it at this point is that there's people that are born disturbed, mentally ill, um, tortured, tormented, however you want to put it, and perhaps they turn to some form of addiction to help medicate themselves or just alleviate some of the thoughts in their head and just who they are, you know. Yeah, I but- think there's also people, I mean, there's people that are born that way. There's people that are, there's like a an occurrence where it it makes them into this mentally ill person like you know there's there's ptsd there's like there's a lot of debates on um sociopaths versus psychopaths and they say that one is i don't know the full terminology but that one had was was born was born that way and then one had an experience that made them who they were wow that's interesting yeah and so i think um 
I mean, there's a couple examples of where they would actually like probably both self-medicate though, you know, with it. I was talking to somebody just recently and they said that they had a friend who never drank and um, she found out that her husband was having an affair and she started drinking and then the drinking wasn't enough. So she started taking painkillers with the drinking and wow. it just morphed into this major, major addiction. So, but it was triggered by, by an incident, by the incident. Yeah. It right. wasn't, she didn't have that kind of personality according to these people. Mm. Um, you know, there's, there are people that have addictive personalities that no matter what they do, they just get so addicted. I mean, it could be a, a an action, you know, it could be mm-hmm. a hobby. It could be a substance, you know, but no matter what, they've just got addictive personality disorder, whatever you call it. But then there's people that are so balanced, okay? Mm-hmm. And I like to think of, I had a friend in high school whose older sister was just this, and I say was because she died of addiction, and she was just the sweetest, most balanced rational person she married a nice man who was an accountant and had two kids and they had a nice home and the kids were stable and lots of money and she would drink she would drink you know here and there but all of a sudden one day it crossed a threshold and and it just changed her and she could not stop to the point of waking up in her own vomit and um, hmm. going to the bathroom all over herself and continuing to do the same thing over and over again despite her kids you know begging her to stop and she would stop for a while but then something you know would lead her right back to it but it was purely physical because she was just so different it was just this one thing this alcohol I mean she mm-hmm. would drink if they didn't have alcohol in the house she would drink hairspray Oh, boy. Just to get that fixed. So to me, that's like there Goodness. has to be some kind of medicine or something that could, you know, prevent that. And uh, eventually what happened is she, she got so drunk that she that she fell in her house and hit her head on a coffee table and died around age 50 with hmm. two kids and a husband and a beautiful home. But just the difference between somebody that never caused any kinds of major issues throughout her childhood years and into her marriage and into having kids versus your dad who had all these problems and then turned to alcohol and and, and kind of made it and yeah. made it and then made it worse or uh, who knows but either way I don't think so there's two different kinds of people you know there's your dad type and then there's my friend's sister's type and then maybe there's someone in the middle that is um, sort of just an addictive personality type, you know, where they have to watch it because whatever you're into, you got to make sure that <laughs> that it's not gonna not gonna take you. <laughs> or like the people that do bad things, or yeah, bad things when they're on a substance or something, but they're they can stop after they can like make themselves stop after one or two or something like that. Like there's a there's a lot of variations of addiction. You know, it's so complicated. And and Katie and I have been working on this episode behind the scenes for a while because it's so layered, like Katie said at the beginning. I don't think we're even done yet. Yeah. Oh, my God, we just started. Yeah. You know, and (laughs) all we know is that it's a huge topic. We definitely want to discuss the clinical aspects, but also want people to talk about their personal experiences. Definitely. Um, You know, it, it can just 
it can it can go on. We're not going to do it every week. We're going to mm-hmm. filter in this topic here and there because it is so heavy and it is so hard. But and so common and so common. It's, and, it's probably one of the most common things that we're going to talk about on the show is addiction. And Grandpa, my dad, who's still alive, is probably one of the most stable, balanced people. Like he, you'll you have one drink, and he will have you know piece of meat and vegetables and starch <laughs> and then a bowl of ice cream that is small and share then, it with the cat sometimes and then, right and then be done <laughs> it's so bad so but in his older years as he's gotten a little more out of control with dementia and things like that i'm finding that he's almost obsessed with being balanced so then are you addicted what? to not being addicted? You know what I mean? Like it's so it's so complicated because when you try to get him to let loose a little bit or if something's a little out of control for him, he's freaking out. So is he really that balanced? You know? <laughs> so, or is he yeah, chronically addicted to being balanced? I know. His version of like living it up is drinking regular instead of decaf coffee after dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Which we know because he actually said after dinner, um, when they at the wait stat, the waitress asked if, she, if they wanted regular decaf. He's like, "Oh, I'll do regular, live it up," you know. <laughs> and he means it. He means it. That's that was sad. him living it up. It's and everything was so structured, and he always wanted dinner in the prime years at six thirty four because he got off the train at six thirty, and he got home at six thirty three and a half. So why wait till 6.35 when you can eat at 6.34 and it was that (laughs) regimented, okay? To me, that's a little obsessively balanced. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, If there is such a thing, I guess it would be grandpa. (laughs) So that's a whole other topic is we haven't talked much about my dad, but maybe we will going forward because that added a whole other piece to this this puzzle that we call the Albrecht family (laughs) that's led to the Albrecht authors, which we really appreciate you listeners indulging us again for another episode. Yeah. And we'll probably close it up here, but uh, we hope you'll hope you'll continue to to follow us. Yeah. So if uh, like what Mary said, thank you guys so much for listening to us. Um, we've had a few episodes now, and it still blows our minds that you guys like to hear what we have to say. But um, if you want to, if you like what we're hearing, um, please uh, follow or subscribe, depending on the the platform that you guys are listening on. Um, and feel free to reach out on our social medias, Instagram and Facebook are at the Albrecht Authors and our website is thealbrechtauthors.com. We'd love to hear from you, your thoughts on any of these topics that we've brought up and uh, we will see you next time. See you next time. 